another good day that the Lord has made. Thank you once again for letting me into your home and heart. I am the voice of God. In any vehicle, besides the main headlamps, there are four smaller orange-colored lights on each side of the vehicle. Two are in front of the vehicle, one on the right and one on the left. And two are at the rear, one on the right and one on the left. These are known as trafficator or indicator lights. There is a lever or stick attached to the steering wheel component within the vehicle that controls the blinking of these trafficator lights. When the lever or stick is flipped upward or downward, it indicates to other road users that the vehicle will be turning in the direction to which the lever is flipped and the trafficator lights in front and at the rear on that side of the vehicle will start blinking. Thus, when the lever is moved toward the right-hand side, the indicator lights on the right side will blink, indicating to other road users that the vehicle will be making a right turn soon. The same goes for a left turn. The purpose of these indicators is to alert other road users, especially drivers, to the direction the vehicle intends to travel within the next 50 meters, helping to prevent unnecessary accidents on our highways. There's another aspect of the trafficator lights. Within every vehicle is a button with a double red triangle stamped on it. When this button is depressed, all four trafficator lights blink simultaneously. What does it mean when this happens? What message is being communicated to other road users? In Nigeria, these hazard lights, as they are called, or flashers or flashing lights, are misused and abused. Vehicles owned by the police, the military, and the government use these flashers while driving against oncoming traffic to intimidate other road users, forcing them to give way for them to go through. At other times, you may find these flashing lights being used on vehicles traveling in the same direction as the flow of traffic, also intimidating other road users to give way. Often, these emergencies involve a government official trying to catch a flight that is about to take off within 10 minutes while they are still 45 minutes away from the airport. There's also a curious use of flashing lights that I witnessed once, while traveling in a local public transport minibus and sitting in front with the driver, I noticed that he depressed the hazard button. So I asked him if there was a problem with the vehicle, but he told me he was indicating to other road users that he would be going straight at the upcoming crossroads. I was shocked because that was not the intended purpose of the flashing lights. Indeed, all the instances I have mentioned earlier regarding the flashing lights represent their misuse and abuse. So what is the appropriate use of flashing lights in a vehicle. They are used to alert other road users that the occupants of the vehicle or the vehicle itself are in distress. This distress could be due to a problem with the vehicle or poor road conditions, such as poor visibility during Hamatan, heavy rainfall, or a very dark night. In these cases, vehicles with flashing lights typically travel at a slower pace. When the issue is related to the vehicle, the driver will drive by the edge of the road to allow other drivers to overtake them. In situations of a life or death emergency, the vehicle will be traveling at high speed and the activities within the vehicle will indicate a life-threatening situation. There are times when a vehicle with flashing lights, traveling fast and in the opposite direction of oncoming traffic is alerting other road users to danger ahead. This usually occurs when you see a driver coming toward you, waving their hands to signal you to turn around. It is a warning about a life-threatening criminal activity happening in the direction you are headed. What I have just explained is the truth about the use of flashing lights. The importance of this explanation is to inform road users of the correct use of flashing lights 
to prevent their misuse and abuse and to ensure that everyone follows the right procedure. This leads me to the purpose of this discussion. When you turn on your radio or television or pass by a church with booming loudspeakers, you are likely to hear words interlaced with the mention of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God. We often refer to this delivery or message as the gospel. However, not every message where Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are mentioned is the gospel. What? You may wonder. Before you become perplexed, let me first explain what the gospel is. The gospel is a special type of good news that informs humanity that access to God for fellowship and communion is now open. This is truly good news because humanity has been estranged from God and living without hope. It is as if we are born to go through life in a selfish, dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, might is right, and winner takes all manner. Then the gospel arrives to tell us that we should abandon such selfish, prideful, evil, and wicked ways among others and embrace selflessness, humility, holiness, and love among other virtues. This, the gospel announces, is possible because Jesus Christ has restored the path to fellowship and communion with God, our Maker. So the gospel message announces to humanity that the way to God is now open through Jesus Christ. Those who want to come to God must turn away from their selfish, proud, evil, and wicked ways and turn to God in faith, trusting in Jesus' death on the cross as the basis for their relationship with God from now on. The gospel message also wants humanity to stay away from sin because it was the root of the dispute between us and God. When Adam and Eve, our ancestors, listened to Satan, rebelled against God, and disobeyed his direct command not to eat the forbidden fruit. Therefore, if a message does not address the issue of your sins, it is not a gospel message. If it does not urge you to shed your selfish, prideful, evil, wicked, sin-loving nature and adopt a new life filled with the Holy Spirit, living selflessly and for God, it is not the gospel. If a message encourages you to continue living in a dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, or winner-takes-all manner, it is not the gospel. My friend, the truth about the gospel is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to call sinners to repentance. If you have not repented, but attend church meetings, you are still a sinner. The truth about the gospel is that Jesus Christ came to die for the sins of all humans, including the worst offenders. If anyone turns away from their sinful lifestyle, turning to God in repentance and faith, believing that Jesus died for their sins and that Jesus is the Son of God, they will be delivered from sin's grip, saved from God's judgment on sinners, and receive eternal life, which will remain with them forever. The truth about the gospel is that sinful humans can now come to God, no longer living in sin, but in righteousness and holiness. These individuals are guaranteed eternal life with God. Therefore, any message that does not discourage the sin of rebellion, disobedience, selfishness, pride, fornication, adultery, murder, stealing, lust for money, and so on, is not the gospel. Any message that encourages you to continue living recklessly, pursuing gain and fame is not the gospel. The gospel also teaches that you will suffer for the sake of Christ. It is written that we will be reviled and persecuted because we belong to Christ. The gospel further teaches that we should no longer live ungodly lives or pursue worldly lusts. Instead, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world while anticipating the return of Jesus Christ in glory. 
The truth about the gospel is that we are called to live for God, not for ourselves. You can be part of the good news of the gospel and belong to Jesus Christ, even if you are poor and unwell. One thing is certain, once you accept the gospel, you are no longer under Satan's grip. The gospel message is powerful. It sets you free and keeps you free. The gospel makes you rich in every spiritual sense, even if you are poor in worldly possessions. The gospel promises you eternal life, not necessarily a good life here on earth. If you are fed up with living a sin-laden, dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, might is right, and winner takes all lifestyle, come to Jesus now. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus as your Savior and the Son of God, and you will be saved from sin and God's judgment on sinners. Additionally, you will inherit eternal life. You will also have direct access to the most powerful being in the universe, and you can call him Father because that is who he becomes to you once you are saved. Let us pray. Father, I commend and commit all who have heard this message to you. I pray that as they submit to you, repenting of their sins, they will experience the joy of salvation and the accompanying peace that passes all human knowledge. I also ask that you make them taste of eternal life and remain therein. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye.